Welcome back to the True Crime Guys podcast. I'm Lauren. And I'm Michael. How's everybody doing? Enjoying your holiday weekend, Labor Day? Not doing much labor, hopefully. Yeah, hopefully not. But it's funny, it's like this holiday that is supposed to be for, uh, you know, like general laborers, right? Right, the common man? But then think about how many people are working like retail, you know, they're all still open, construction still going on. That's right, I went to the grocery store earlier today and they were all working in there. That's right. So it's labor. Right? Labor Day is only for some people. Yeah, apparently. Yeah. Only for the elite, like me and you, Michael. Only for the elite. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) I try. I try to do have a Labor Day as often as possible. You know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> speaking of speaking of holiday though, and like a little mini vacation here. You know, your three day weekends. This uh, this case is is really a case of a guy who wanted to go on a permanent vacation, and he took it yes. way too far. But dude, don't we all sometimes? Yeah, I mean, but some ways, we don't. You don't need to kill your family to do it. You know, you can no, just no. Just go take your own vacation and let them live. Right. You know. Or if you absolutely just can't live with them anymore, there's also ways to do that. It's called divorce. I'm yeah, like, <laughs> that's what, I'm what is with what is with these spouses killing each other? It's like, right. I'd can... rather uh, just kill them than have them think badly of me. I don't understand that process. It's insane. Yeah, the thought process is insane. Yeah, it's but, ego. Uh, you know what it is? It's that's all it comes. Out. It's narcissism. Right. But speaking of uh, doomsday preppers, that that is one category that has to have gone up during this pandemic, right? This year, oh, I bet so many people started their bunker this year. Yeah. You know? Been building this thing since 2020. I knew it was going <laughs> to the shitter then. You Canned know? goods, powdered milk, all that stuff's gone through oh, yeah. the roof. All that good stuff. Yeah. And old Pete you know, Keller. Do, you, know, you know how, like, uh, justified those preppers must have felt back in, like, late March? They, they must have just been like, I've been telling you motherfuckers forever. <laughs> <laughs> and now right. look who's right. Right, and they're out of work, but they have plenty of No, you supplies. can't come in my bunker. No, <laughs> right. It's my bunker. <laughs> Corona-free in here, bitch. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, there's certain, on certain levels, like I said, I can kind of understand this dude. Sometimes, yeah, I do just want to say, fuck it with the ways of society and go live in the woods, but I don't want to kill anybody to go do it. Exactly. You know? That's where he messed up. I mean, you know, I would have been, I would have been behind him a thousand percent had he just left his wife and let his, his yeah. daughter go on living her life and just live yeah. down the woods. Maybe send your daughter a card every year. Listen, how old was his daughter? What, 16? 18. 18? She was already an adult. She's in college already. She was you about to move even... out. Like, I... Oh, man, Let I could not be. remember if she was 16 or 18. So, yeah. I mean, he didn't even have those responsibilities. Jesus. Unreal. Wow. Just the, the ego and the and the, the, self, the self-absorption, you know? Yep. That's he could have right. just gone out and lived in the woods, and he would never would have had to worry about anything. You right. Know? People are like, man, I wish I could be in this conversation, but you haven't told us the story yet, so we don't know. Right? I feel like that's yeah. how our listeners are feeling right now. You think so? Definitely. Uh, this case d- definitely wins Bunker. <laughs> bunker of the year, the best best bunker we've ever covered. 100%. Best bunker. Have we covered other bunkers? I don't think so. But this, if okay. we had this one, would be better than those. Right. It would be. It would be. Although a, Ruby Ridge, if you consider everything he built, yeah, that was just a, a house on a mountain, though. Yeah, but I mean, he built it just from True. the stuff on the in the land. You know what I mean? I mean, a shelter is a shelter. Yeah. Doesn't have to be underground, does it? To be a bunker, a it bunker does. has to be underground. To be, un- to be a bunker, it does. I, I, okay, I feel you. I feel you. Know your bunkers, Michael. Uh, okay, I'm, I'm learning about bunkers. This is the first bunker we've done, by the way. I don't know if you know. People are like, "Say bunker one more time, motherfucker." <laughs> <laughs> Take a drink every time we say bunker. You'd be dead already. <laughs> There's a lot. We just started the show. Right. Right.
All right, y'all, let's get into it. Yeah, let's start the intro. Hey, Doomsday Preppers, hit that like and subscribe button so you'll be notified every time there's a new episode of Keller's Fort. Enjoy! Welcome to another episode of Keller's Fort. It's more of a report. You know, just the more I've thought about it, the more I understand it. I don't really feel bad about it. It's just the way it is. Certain things happen because this to happen, so just kind of accepted it, and just rolling with it, rolling with it. Welcome to another episode of Keller's Board, it's more of a reward, done in slowing me down. I was hoping to be done about a month ago, but it's just constantly snowed and last month it's just been really, really wet and rainy and it's just, just couldn't do anything for a long time, but I'm hoping now that uh, the weather's going to change. It looks like it's getting better. It's starting to switch over. I can finally get everything up here and finish this off, finally do what I have to do, get it out of the way. At this point, I don't know what's gonna happen. It, I may get uh, caught right away. Basically, if I get caught, I'm just gonna shoot myself. So, I mean, I could basically be dead in two weeks or three weeks, I don't know. It's all up to chance at this point. So, I don't think anyone knows where I'm at. But if they put it together, you know, at this point I have to take that chance. So it's just going to be a point of, you know, go as far as I can. My, I do have my escape, and that's death. <laughs> no shoot myself, and I'm okay with that. So I'm getting to the point where I'm just trying to live pay bills and live as a civilian and go to work. It just, it just freaks me out. It's actually more comfortable for me to think about living out here, um, robbing banks, pharmacies, just taking what I want for as long as I can. At least it'll be exciting. It won't be boring. And I don't have to worry about Lynette or Kayleen. And everything will be taken care of. It'll just be me. So, so. All right, our case this week has to do with, as we've brought up, a bunker. Is it and bunkers? a man who cool. 
There's a bunker in it, oh, and it, it has to do with a man who wanted to go on a permanent vacation from life. He was tired of society. He was tired of the grind, the nine to five, right? Working for a living, all that shit, and decided to just take a permanent vacay into the mountains and, and live in a bunker alone. It sounds boring to me, you know, but yeah, it does. It also it just sounds ungrateful, man. It's just foreign romanticism that humans have because. Back in the day when people had no choice but to live in their fucking bunker out in the middle of the woods and kill for food, they're like, man, I wish I just had like a store I could go to and just buy food and have like, I don't know, connection to the entire world in the palm of my hand. If only there was like a way that I could sit down and watch like things be streamed onto my television and and binge TV shows. Yeah, while I eat a steak that I just bought at the grocery store, right? Precisely. Not that I had to kill and skin. People are so ungrateful, man. They always want what they don't have. Exactly. They wanted they wanted what we have now, and now we want what they had then. Yeah. And it's just, just where does it end? There's no pleasing you. Seinfeld's newest special on Netflix is actually pretty funny, and in the beginning, he was just talking about how we always we're never content. Like we always have to look forward to what's next. But then once we get so, like you work all week so you can go to the comedy show. He was talking about everybody that was at his show. He's like, I know how hard it is to be here. All week long, you had to sit, set all this crap up. You had to find a babysitter. You had to get a you know a, a car here, car ride here, so you could drink. So yada yada yada. Right. All to get here, and then once you get here, you can't wait to get back. We got to get back. We got to go home. We got to get out of here. Like, yeah. It's just like that's all <laughs> yeah. we ever do. Like we never, we're never <laughs> we're truly never where we are in the moment. Like, we, we always got to be doing. We're always looking forward to the next thing. What's next? That's right. That's right. Because that's what we're taught. We're taught it's a progressive, right? It's a race. It's a rat race. And I remember my dad used to tell me that from a young age. And in a lot of ways, it is. In a lot of ways, it is. It just depends on what your uh, what your motivations are, what your goals are. Yeah. I, I almost wish this that this didn't end so quickly. Um, and you know what I mean. After he did step stage two of what the plan was, stage one was build the bunker, stage two, right. we kind of already alluded to, kill family. Right. Stage three is the end game where he gets to live in the woods in his bunker for however long. Didn't last long um, no. at all. I, I want to know how long he could have actually lived out there because, I, I, like, I, like I said, I just feel like he would have been bored and, like, killed himself, like, a week later. It's like, how, like, how long can you just hang out in a bunker alone? Like, it's just got to be boring. I know. He really seemed like a talker. And the evidence, the, the video logs themselves are evidence of that. Right? I yeah. mean, he spent so much time alone, but he obviously wanted to share this with somebody. Who else is going to watch his homemade films, you know, of him just ranting? Well, he, he hoped that somebody would, you know, yeah. maybe after he's gone or has already lived up there forever. Well, I mean, he assumed that a lot of those tapes were going to get burned up in the house fire that didn't, you know, happen. But Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah they did have to get him off the computer. So there was that, but that's a little spoiler alert. Yeah. So let's let's get into it. I feel like we've yeah. already spoiled most of it anyway. Yeah, let's talk about it. <clears throat> so his, this guy's name is Peter Keller, um, and I'll quickly go through some of the articles and ref, uh, sources that we use for this. The LA Times.com had a, a, an article about it. My, MyNorthwest.com, Como News, and Time had a really good article called A Bunker for One, Washington Murder Suspects, Hideout Stocked with Weapons, Candy Bars. <laughs> 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 I had to throw in there that there was a lot of Gatorade and candy. He liked sugar. In no specific order. Yeah, he had right. so many Cokes, too. I was yeah. like, he, dude, you're going to dehydrate yourself living in a bunker. He was going to have to go back to society for some insulin soon enough. He was going to be a... a freaking diabetic right well that much sugar up in the mountains alone well he alluded that he was going to be uh 
like robbing banks and oh, yeah, pharmacies, pharmacies anyway. So he was going <laughs> to be in town still yeah. occasionally. I really don't know how he planned on this working in long yeah. long term. You're right. It just doesn't make sense. Yeah. So in 2012, 41-year-old Peter Keller had a wife of 22 years, 41-year-old Lynette Keller, and 18-year-old daughter as well named Kayleen. He had a pretty picturesque life, man. He lived with his family in North Bend, Washington, really beautiful part of the country, right. where he worked for a solar company, made good money, um, and seemingly had a, an ideal life, a solid job, a loving wife, and a daughter that was in college and would soon be out of the house and on her own. That's what everyone dreams of, right? The day where the kids are out on their own. At a certain point, once they hit their teenage years, it seems like that's that's what you start looking forward to oh. next. I, I guess. Like, I was about to say, I'm not there yet. I'm not there. <laughs> yeah, but wait till the hormones really start kicking in when they're 16. And... Right, right. Yeah. I'm going to have, well, when my daughter is 19, I'll have all teenagers. I'll have three. Yeah. <sighs> have three yeah. at one time. Yeah, that'll be fun. be fun. Yeah. So um, <clears throat> his wife, Lynette, was active in the community and loved crafting. She was a generous woman who would buy gifts for underprivileged members of the community during the Christmas season. His daughter, Kayleen, was a beautiful and vibrant young woman who was hardworking, a successful student at Bellevue College. She had hopes of becoming a video game designer and planned to study at Redmond-based DigiPen Institute of Technology, oh, yeah. a leader in education and research of computer interactive technology. So really bright young woman he was raising and uh, a, a wife that was beloved. Yeah. She was disabled. I'm not sure to what extent. Uh, they were never went into detail more about that, but okay. I don't know if that was part of his burden was taking care of her that he got tired of or what. I don't know wow, to what extent she was disabled. I couldn't tell any of that from pictures or anything. I mean, That's I what mean, I'm saying. I don't know. She obviously wasn't handicapped. I don't know if that was overblown or what. She wasn't in a wheelchair. No. Um, <clears throat> yeah, that's, that's strange. But a quick yeah. shout out to the gaming industry, though. That's no joke Absolutely. now. And like, think about all of our, especially like our parents. You know, our generation's parents always told us you can't play video games for a living. You gotta be like, boy, were they wrong? Well, <laughs> boy, were they wrong? <laughs> I mean, you don't even have to be a professional. You don't even have to win a competition anymore. Right. You could just play on YouTube and talk about it. Little did they know, all all anyone would do for a living uh, ten years later would be <laughs> podcasting and fucking video game streaming. <laughs> That's the entire like economy at this point. I know. They, they, Especially after Corona hit. That's like all it, the only way anyone's making money anymore. Yeah, entertainment, man. You're creating digital content. Hey, it's a consumer nation we live in, man. They want to consume it. Yep. And when they're at home, they want to consume art because it's out yeah. there. Yeah, so we talked about how Peter had quite an ideal life, you would think, on paper. It looked great. This is, I mean, it, it looks like he's going to have some good golden years coming up. Looking, you would think at this right. point he's looking f forward to re retirement in another 10 years. He's got to get through the next 10 years. Um, but he, that was not the case. He had gotten tired of modern, normal life. It had gotten stale for him, and he had been secretly preparing for a new life of isolation and independence. His friends and family described Peter as a loner. He spent a lot of time alone, especially right. in nature. Makes sense. He was known... Yeah, he was known to hike and ride mountain bikes often, and had often alluded to having a fort somewhere in the forest. What did he call it? Uh, fort Keller or something like that? He would kind of joke around about. Fort Teller? Oh, Fort, fort Keller. Keller, his last name. Oh, Fort Keller, yeah. Yeah. Nice. Um, they, they could have never imagined, however, the extent of this so-called fort that he had alluded to. Um, for eight years, beginning back in 2004, Peter had been stockpiling supplies and building an elaborate three-story underground bunker in the dense Washington forest in his spare time. Um, and all the while, he was videotaping himself through much of the project. These videos can be seen all over the internet. You can find them on YouTube. These videos are so creepy now because I, I, <sighs> they're horrible. When I watch them, I'm thinking about 
like actually being subscribed to his YouTube channel. Imagine watching those in real time. Right. And listening to these people because there's so many videos out there. It's like for every video like Peter Keller where someone actually went through with what they were talking about, there's a million where they don't. They're oh, just yeah. out there bullshitting to get views. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So that's what was so creepy to me. Is like when you see these. Uh, types, I have a feeling the only views he had were his own. Like I feel like it was only him watching those. They had oh, like four views and all I, four. Oh, of I know. Them I'm him. just saying it just gave you that creepy vibe because I've seen so many YouTubers do videos exactly like that. You know, they're right. talking about plans or they're talking about a big project they're working on and whatnot, and it just seems so nonchalant, so chill. Especially knowing, you know, it's all knowing what he's done in hindsight. But it's kind of like when you. How you were kind of creeped out by that photo of that girl right before she was killed. Um, oh, man. Yeah. There's and, a and few of those w- out there. The, like the last photos right. a person was taken where they, before they were murdered just, or whatever. Those yeah, always creep me out. I just think any form of media that is that directly close to a murder, it has a, it has a creepy feel to it forever now. It's kind of hard mm-hmm. to shake it, you know? Absolutely. Um, what, what was his name? The the uh, incel that did all the videos ranting about women and whatnot, and then he went on a killing spree. That That little douchebag too oh yeah yeah uh yeah i can't remember his name damn it. yeah it doesn't you know i don't i don't want to even want to say his name fuck okay him. yeah fuck him but you guys know who we're talking about yeah <clears throat> these girls they never give me any attention <laughs> these girls yeah, we all know who you're talking about <laughs> <laughs> oh. yeah so as we mentioned, Peter videotaped himself through much of this project. It's a lot of videos of him walking around with the video f- camera facing his face um, yep. and just kind of rambling. Nothing. It's not even remotely interesting stuff. It's just he's not he's not uh, particularly charismatic. He's a boring. He's as boring as it gets as a human being. Essentially, like it sounds like his wife and his daughter were too good for him. They were actually liked in the community, and he was just this weirdo that was off just wandering around the woods every day. Yeah. Didn't have anything to add to any situation um, in the society, well, it sounds like. If you ma- if you make this decision, if you're at the mental state where you're making this decision, you've felt disconnected from society for a long yeah, you, time. So You've got no need to like impress anybody at a party, exactly. right? Because you're like, fuck you, I'm going to be off in the woods alone in a week. Exactly. No one, if you don't, you get what you give. You know what I'm saying? If you're yeah, not giving anything exactly. out there, these people, of course no one's going to like them in society. They're going to view them as a loner because that's really what he wants. He's already disconnected. Yeah, and and he never, even though he had all the time in the world to build a three-story underground bunker in the mountains by himself, he didn't take the time to delete the outtakes of his ramblings. So <laughs> when it would when he would have an awkward start to his video, um, anyway. So this is going to be my last day out here. Eh, I don't like that take. He would keep he would start a new one, but he would just leave the shitty take in there. <laughs> There's like 20 different shitty takes of him trying to do the same video that was still shitty in the end. Well, that probably wasn't supposed to get out, Lauren. You know? I know, That's, but I'm saying delete them, dude. Because it's, <laughs> it's just embarrassing now. The whole thing's embarrassing, but it's especially embarrassing that he left those takes in there. Yeah, I, I get it. I get it. It, it does seem more embarrassing. Yeah, seems I mean, I'm not going to sit here and act like we we don't do that from time to time. We don't have edits and whatnot where we just oh, we yeah, start the show and it's, we're just not feeling it, so we start over. Yeah, but we don't like subject subject you guys to that. We don't leave it in there like hey, <laughs> right. you can listen to our shitty outtakes. Right, just one after another. You're like, wait, right. they're still at this part of the conversation. Hello, welcome back to True Crime Guys podcast. Like five of those. <laughs> yeah. Hey, welcome back to True Crime Guys. It's a podcast. Ah, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> it's a podcast. That's what we're doing here, right? It's a, po- <laughs> it's a podcast. Are we on? Is it is today's? Is today's record day? Right. Yeah. So some of the uh, takes that did make it out there, um, some quotes from these ramblings he would go on in the woods when he was wandering around videotaping himself. Um, he said, quote, 
I do have my escape and that's death. I can always shoot myself and I'm okay with that. It is what it is. I've kind of accepted it and I'm just kind of rolling with it. I'm getting to the point where just trying to live and pay bills as a civilian and go to work, it just freaks me out. It's actually more comfortable for me to think about living out here, robbing banks and pharmacies, just taking whatever I want for as long as I can. At least it'll be exciting. Wow. So as I talked about uh, a narcissist to the max, you know, to the point where just to spice up his life and making it, make it a little bit more exciting, he's willing to kill his wife and daughter right. and go live in the mountains so he can rob things and, and just live like this outlaw or whatever. But like we said, you could have just gone and done that and left your family. It, yeah, it's not great to leave your wife and kid or whatever. Right. But it's better than fucking killing them. Well, dude, you know what look, I mean? All, the worst that's going to happen is they're going to think you're a piece of shit, you know? Well, that's exactly right. That's why he killed him. He didn't kill him because it'd be better for them. He killed him because it'd be better for exactly. him. So he doesn't exactly. have to harbor that guilt of, oh, I hope they're doing all right. I hope my wife and my daughter, who I'm supposed to be taking care of and being there for, are doing all right, you know? Mm-hmm. He don't want to have to deal with that kind of guilt and that extra stress. That's, he didn't want to have to be out there in the woods worrying about whether they needed him or whatever exactly, or how, what, what they thought of him. And as the first quote I said, uh, I do have my escape and that's death. I can always shoot myself. That was kind of always the end game anyway. Yeah, and when you get to that point and you're, you've are you come to terms with that, then nothing matters. But yeah. why go through all that work building that shelter if you just know you're going to have to shoot yourself within a couple days? It really does look like a lot of hard work for nothing, God, right? Because he dude. got to live in it for like three days in the end before. Oh, <laughs> By the time he was done building it, he didn't even get to enjoy it. (laughs) Well, that's just how it is, dude. You remember, like, I remember building stuff as a kid, and by the time I built the fort, I was tired of it. You know, the whole day I spent modifying it and crap and building shit, and then, you know, I was never satisfied with it. By the time I was done, I was like, what am I going to do, just sitting here? I'm going to build another fort, (laughs) you know? Hey, it's the journey, not the the destination. That that is one of the most true quotes in life. It's the journey, not the destination. If you're always thinking about getting to, you know, once I get this, I'm going to be happy, you're probably not going to be. If you're not enjoying the ride now, getting to the finish line is not going to be better, you know? it's That's right. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, when I build stuff with my son, his, his he just he, he's just sitting there anxious, just waiting to destroy it. Like, he, he doesn't give a fuck. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Build, yeah. The building is not the fun part. It's destroying. No, he'll get there. That's just that. I that's know. just the age. Yeah. That's where it's fun. It, you just, yeah. uh, the impulse He's the demo guy. You know, there. I'm the builder. He's the demo guy. That's right. Somebody's got to destroy it. He tears it down, and then we rebuild, you know, from the ashes. That's, that's right. What and it gets stronger. That's right. Yeah. So, Peter had picked a hard-to-reach location in nearby Rattlesnake Ridge, near a freshwater stream where he had access to running water and had spent countless hours building a, this hidden bunker with his bare hands. That I mean, it's an go incredible into, feat, man. Like, regardless really of what you think of the dude, it's an incredible feat to build this alone, too. Mm-hmm. God, yeah, so you have to system. look up the, the videos of him rambling and also the, the pictures and video. Some of, like, local news got access to this bunker afterwards, and they, they took some video of inside and some pictures and all this stuff, and it really was incredible and we'll go now into the detail about the bunker that's what makes this case so fascinating yeah is is not everything else it's the it's the fact that this guy built this bunker right and of course he ended up killing his family but this thing um this bunker was multi-level structure that went 20 feet deep into a mountain and was equipped with pulleys for hauling in heavy lumber which peter milled on site the bunker was outfitted with running water, electricity with light switches throughout, a wood stove with ventilation, and multiple escape, escape hatches. Inside was food, sodas, propane tanks, a police scanner, a radio, and a large number of weapons and ammunition. I think there was like 13 guns that were later recovered. 
Oh yeah, by, uh, he had a ton of weapons, early... but it seemed like he only needed one. <laughs> I was surprised there were no booby traps, to be honest. Hmm. He did. I really thought that like one of the hatches would have just led to like you know a, a spiked pit or something. Yeah. So he didn't have any booby traps out there. I just no. assumed he would around the property. Maybe not right at the bunker. But I'm no. I'm surprised he didn't have any traps out around the property. Right. You know, through trails that you would come up through. Mm-hmm. So by early 2012, Peter's bunker was near completion and stocked with enough supplies that he could stay in it for several months without needing anything. He was ready to start his new life, which meant abandoning his old one. Sadly, Peter's new life didn't include his family. Phase two of his plan all along had been to kill his family. The bunker was built for one, and this was not by mistake. Even so though it was 200 square feet, I mean, yeah. they could have easily lived in there, man. People live in smaller houses. Jeez. Yeah. What a narcissistic asshole, right? But he didn't. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of this was... <laughs> they didn't want to live there. That, they were, that was never going to well, happen. Well, they wouldn't have. No, hell no, they wouldn't <laughs> live there. Um, but yeah, he, he, I, I feel like he couldn't really enjoy himself living alone up there if he knew that his family was still alive. Yeah. I don't know. It's hard to understand. It's a selfish thing. It absolutely is. It's, it has nothing to do with his care for them. Right. So on Wednesday, April 18th, Peter told his coworkers, this was, um, 2012, April 18th of 2012. He told this eight years after the begin, the uh, beginning, the, the construction of his bunker out there. It took him eight years to get to this point. It's now complete, and as we mentioned, he could get on to stage two of the plan. And so that Wednesday, April 18th, he told his coworkers that he might not be returning to work for a while, that he had put in for some time off. Two days later on Friday uh, in April of 2012, he withdrew $6,200 from his bank account, leaving only th- uh, $300 in the account. Um, then on Saturday, April 22nd, 2012, late in the night, Peter would shoot his wife and daughter in the head while they slept and also shot the family dog and cat, which seems unnecessary as well. You could have just let him out the front door or something. Like, what's the point in killing him? Yeah, know? really. Well, he's just um, being obsessive. Probably didn't want the dog following him or barking and alerting people. Or going on to live a good life without him. You know how they get that mentality? A lot of these douchebags, these narcissists. Yeah. It's like, if you can, if I can't have you, no one can type of like mentality. It's like... Even the thought of his dog living a happy life at someone else's house is—he <laughs> oh, just God. rather kill him. Yeah, I hope it's not that. Or maybe he just thought that he was being humane to the dog and cat because he didn't want to shut him up and just let him burn to death. Like I said, you could have let him out the front door before you set the house on fire, though. Oh yeah, that's true. Just let him run off and get hit by a car, Lorne. What kind of monster oh, do you think he is? Well, then that's on them. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> don't get don't run on the road. <laughs> Yeah, at least give them a chance. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. What's up, people? Let me tell you about our newest sponsor, Care Of. Care Of is a monthly subscription vitamin service that delivers completely personalized vitamin and supplement packs right to your door. Give yourself an extra boost this season, whether you're looking for more energy, better sleep, to maintain stress, or something else to help you feel your healthiest. Care Of's online quiz lets you know exactly what you need. Their fun online quiz asks you about your diet, health goals, and lifestyle choices and only takes about five minutes to find out your personal scientifically backed vitamin and supplement recommendations. I actually took the quiz. It was fast. It was actually kind of fun. And uh, my recommendations from Care Of was vitamin C, calcium plus, ashwagandha, plant protein, electrolytes, and extra batteries. And I have to say so far after receiving my care package, which was beautifully packaged, arrived at my front door, 
I've been feeling great um, taking my supplements. The extra batteries help out a lot in the uh, in the afternoon. I did put in that I get a little tired in the evening, and the extra batteries help you uh, get a little kick in the butt in the evening. Um, so yeah, so far things are working out great. Loving care of service so far. Um, 90% of uh, people fall short of FDA recommendation guidelines for at least one vitamin or nutrient. Find out where you're lacking with care of's online quiz and get back on track to reaching your health goals. Getting your vitamins should be easy and convenient. It can be really hard to know what vitamins or supplements you should be taking, but care of makes it easy to find out what you specifically need to be your healthiest. Care of delivers daily vitamin and supplement packs customized to your recommendations to promote personal health and wellness. Your personalized care of subscription box gets sent right to your door every month with personalized daily packs. Great for a busy on the go lifestyle. Um, as well, you also get vegan and vegetarian supplement options available to match your dietary needs. You can track your progress with the Care Of app and earn rewards when you remember to take your vitamins. And Care Of's delicious nutrient-packed quick stick powders can be added to your monthly delivery for an extra easy boost whenever you need it. And here's the best part. Because you're TrueCom Guys listeners, you get 50% off your first month of personalized Care Of vitamins. If you go to TakeCareOf.com and at checkout, you enter promo code CREEPER50. That's C-R-E-E-P-E-R-5-0 at checkout for 50% off your first month of personalized care of vitamins. Creeper 50 at checkout. So, yeah, he, he kills his, his wife, his daughter, the dog, the cat. He then sets the house on fire by putting a, a full tank of gas or a, a gas can on the stove and lighting the stove. Peter then uh, had, had then successfully completed stage two and was off to his bunker where he hoped to hide out for as long as possible possibly years if he could avoid detection. And so uh, at, once the house is discovered, you know, in flames, of course, it didn't take long for the, the police and the fire department to respond. And they discovered the bodies of Peter's wife, his daughter, and the animals in the home and quickly determined this thing to be a homicide. They named the missing husband from the fire, Peter Keller, the, the number one suspect and told the public to be weary of him knowing that he was likely somewhere in the nearby mountains. So they interviewed people about Peter's character and found out quickly that he was a loner type that had been allegedly building some sort of fort or bunker out in the mountains. Right. And they kind of knew what they had here. One hiker. Uh, so after they, they made this public announcement, I, I believe the, the police chief or sheriff or somebody um, did a press conference on the local news and put out there, you know, beware of this Peter Keller. He, we believe he killed his family and he's out somewhere in the mountains. He's probably armed and yada, yada. So that gets out there. And the next day, a hiker did in fact have an encounter with Peter while out looking for a perfect location to propose to his girlfriend. I found this to, this to be pretty uh, interesting. And this dude has, didn't know until later how close of a call he had with a murderer. Yeah, um, so but I mean, I don't think he's very dangerous to anybody else, though, unless they I mean, try to come into his bunk. You know what I mean? Just knowing his, or at least what I think. He, he well, now that we know how this turned out, we would say so. But if you didn't know that he'd had this encounter and it went well, I would, oh, I, I, I don't what know. You're I, if you knew he was a murderer and you just knew that he killed his wife and daughter and then you run into him, then, well, then it would have been a creepy encounter. Well, just, I, I'm just, I'm, all I'll say is I'm kind of surprised it went the way it went because this, this dude was so close to his bunker and he just killed his wife and he's trying to hide out for as long as possible. It almost surprised me that Peter didn't kill this kid just so that he didn't, you know, I, I wouldn't want this kid to go, if I'm in Peter's shoes, I'm thinking, 
this kid just saw me up here. He's then going to see the news where they're talking about, you know, a man killing his family and maybe out in the mountains. And then he's going to bring this kid's going to bring the police back to where he saw me. Right. So I was just kind of surprised it went the way it went. But so anyways, so there's this young, young, uh, young dude out there in the mountains. He's looking for a good spot for, uh, to take his girlfriend on a hike and propose to her. And he runs into Peter Keller. This is the day after Peter murdered his family. He stands shoulder to shoulder with Peter as Peter points out some good locations for uh, this young man to propose to his girlfriend. Um, really, you know, maybe up there on that mountain, on that point up there, yeah. has a great view, yada, yada. They have this pleasant conversation, and uh, the, the kid goes on his way and actually goes on to use the location that Peter told him and proposes, and she says yes. Oh, well, awesome. <laughs> so That's that, that story know. had a happy ending. Right. Another family started. Yeah, right. Do you imagine like you that's that's the basis of your marriage is like you proposed on a location where a guy that just murdered his family told you to do it. That's not the well, uh, sturdiest of foundations. I'm sure it's not the ba- <laughs> it's not the basis <laughs> or the foundation, but I'm sure it's a fun story, right? Because yeah, especially if they stayed living in that area, imagine well, as he's soon as probably they got really divorced, famous in that you, area. You could always lean back on that. Well, like this, this fucking this was screwed from the start yeah. when that murderer told you where to propose to me. We should have known. <laughs> yeah, should have known. <laughs> should have been a sign not to do it. That's right. Yeah, I guess you could look at it two ways. Yeah. So, um, in interviewing, um, so Peter's daughter Kayleen, the eighteen-year-old. She had a boyfriend who the police went and interviewed, and in interviewing him, they learned that Peter had built several uh, a survival shelter in pre- preparation for, quote, the end of the world. Keller's co-workers at, a, at the solar company that he worked said that he spent a lot of time in the woods, but no one knew quite, quite where. Um, quote, they said he had a fascination with trains and guns, that he had a survivalist mentality and distaste for authority. They said he would likely fight if, contr- if confronted by police and that he spent most of his free time in the woods. So the police are aware that they're 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 going to have to go out and f- try and find a way to locate this this bunker out in the mountains, and they may have some sort of a gunfight when they get out there. So right, they're expecting resistance for sure. Mm-hmm. Authorities then checked Keller's cell phone records, which showed his last call was made about two nights before the slayings, uh, several mi- miles from the ultimate location of the bunker. After the fire died down, authorities recovered several computers and compact discs compact discs from the house on which they found photos of the bunker where it was while it was under construction so i'm sure as you mentioned earlier that he thought the these these files would be destroyed by the fire oh, however yeah, they absolutely. weren't if you want shit gone from your computer that hard drive you gotta like blow it up <laughs> yeah they, it seems like they're able to recover stuff oh you gotta almost like all the time blow it up and then burn it and then burn the ashes and then put uh, <laughs> Put it in some concrete and then drop it in the ocean. Yeah, one in the Atlantic and one in the Pacific. I think it's the right. only sure way. <laughs> or just don't have some creep. Don't have incriminating shit on your computer to begin. Oh with. yeah, yeah. That's probably the better that, plan. Yeah, that'll that'll nip it in the bud right there. Yeah. So one of the photos they recovered from his computer in the burned home looked like it was taken from the bunker, pointing away from the mountain. One of the detectives enhanced it and believed that this uh, this photo the. Uh, perspective of it was looking at an area not far from where the Kellers lived in North Bend. You would have to think that as much as he was going up there, it couldn't be that far from his home for him to be able to 
it would really eat into the amount of time he could work on the bunker because he had a life, you know, he had a wife and, and daughter and he had a full-time job. So he needed to maximize the amount of time he could work on this bunker over the years. Right. And the closer, the better as far as how much time he could spend out there. And you never know about people, but just by looking at him visually, he didn't look like he was in the best shape. You know what I mean? I don't think no. he was he was running or jogging up this mountain to this bunker, you know, right. this often and it can't be that far away. Well, when you're feeling yourself with Gatorade and candy bars, you know. Oh, it'll get you through? <laughs> it'll get exactly. you through as long as you got those electrolytes and sugar? Yep. So the de- detective did a forensic comparison with a photo taken in the same area and pinpointed the place from which it probably originate, or originated. So he thought the, the police officer from the photo was able to see some landmarks and um, had a pretty good idea of where he thought this bunker might be. From there, two police trackers disguised as hikers in case Keller was using a scope to monitor the outside, moved through the area near Rattlesnake Ridge, uh, thought to contain the bunker. Um, they were able to close in, though, only when a police sergeant in North Bend looked up at the nearby hills and saw a puff of smoke. So he wasn't Peter wasn't doing a good enough job of disguising where he was from that standpoint. He still needed to keep warm. He needed a fire. There's a lot of rain in Washington. If you didn't know, this isn't far from Seattle. So Right. And he this was... What this was only in April, so I guess it was not quite um, summer yet. Right, so but still, still could be a, chilly. Yeah, could be chilly, early spring, and it could be rainy as well. It's a rainy time of year. Yeah, yep. There was the one video where he said it had been the weather had been rough that that winter or whatever. Right. <clears throat> so they were able to pinpoint through this puff of smoke coming from an area where they thought the bunker might be. They pinpointed the area, diverted the, the SWAT team to where um, they'd been searching, and found the bunker. Police surrounded the rustic underground structure for 22 hours. Uh, so there's this standoff standoff up there. I'm sure it's very tense for them because they don't know what to expect. This guy's got nothing to lose. He's already killed his family. Right. And, and he's got this bunker that he's been building for years. They, like I said, there could be booby traps. He could be he could have uh, you know, vantage points where he could be sniping at them, anything like that. They don't know what to expect. Um, 22 so they end up, hours, though? God, I mean, like, why not play it safe? They got time but he, on their side, and that he's not going anywhere. Yeah, he didn't fire one shot at them. No, well, he did fire one shot. Well, not at them though. Yeah. Um, so they end up after 22 hours of this standoff, they end up blowing its top off with explosives, and on the morning of April 28th, so only less than a week after he killed his family. A body believed to be Keller's was found inside the bunker after they blew off the top, dead of a self-inflicted gunshot wound. Despite all of his preparations, Keller ended up this, ended the standoff without ever taking a single shot at any of the deputies and SWAT officers who surrounded his mountainside forest fortress. Authorities were simply amazed with the bunker that Peter had constructed, but worked quickly to destroy it so no one ever stumbled onto it and hurt themselves or got the same idea as Peter. So, yeah, they put out there. They got some footage of it took photos, videos, released a lot of that stuff, but then they said, you know, like, we've got to get rid of this thing as quickly as possible because it's it's really a hazard if any kids stumble onto this place. And I'm sure they also didn't want anyone else getting the same idea as, Pel- as oh, Peter. dude, and that would be... <laughs> they didn't want another one of those. If nothing else, that would be a huge tourist attraction. People would find <laughs> right. it. Yeah. Or some other asshole like Peter would go up there and, and just, just take over right out. where he left off. Oh, yeah. Yeah, probably. And as long as he doesn't you know, kill anybody, Peter I mean, guys more got power some good him. ideas. You know what I'm saying? Do what? As long as he doesn't kill anybody, more power to him. Yeah, yeah I guess so. Shit. But of course, you know, the way it works, you know, our system is not going to allow you to do that. You got to be on the teat. 
of the government. Oh, and, uh, that's right. Got to be on the grid. They don't want everybody living out on their own, being self-sustained. Come on now. Yeah, that's crazy. Crazy <laughs> talk. Um, so court documents later painted Keller as someone who feared, quote, the end of the world and was prone to distrust authority and had a fascination with guns. I'm not as convinced that he was a, a prepper or he thought that there was an apocalypse coming. I think it was more what we've been talking about, that he was a narcissist who just wanted things his way, and he got tired of the boring life. He got tired of being married, and it, it did just – I think at a certain point, it just excited him to be off living alone, and he was just tired of everything And to the extent where he was so selfish that he would kill his own family in order to get what he wanted. Yeah, maybe he believed in the he Mayan calendar, boring. right? Yeah. Because it was 2012, right. you know? Didn't the Mayans predict the end of the world was going to be 2012? And it was for him. Yeah. You know, and really, unfortunately and sadly for his family, because of his selfish actions. Yeah, it doesn't really. He doesn't really explain those beliefs, but I think that was just coincidence that it happened in 2012. I think he was a yeah. guy who just come to terms with. He was tired of living the mundane life. He felt he probably felt useless. You know, his daughter was full grown. She had a promising future. His wife probably. You know what I'm saying? Like they were. They were the same age. Both both successful in their careers or whatever. Once again, if you feel this way. Go off and do your own thing. Just do your Get own divorced. Thing. Let your wife move on and find a new man, and let your daughter live her life. Yes. What a my God! It's a, what a waste. Like you, you raised her for eighteen years and made her into a, a very smart young woman who had goals and and stuff, and then you kill her. Like, I'll never understand, I just don't it. understand it. I don't understand. There's a lot of things that happen that I just don't understand. A lot of human human beings' actions that I'll never understand. Nope. So, nope. Um, following the discovery, neighbors in the small town of North Bend struggled with their emotions. Quote, just a week ago, there was a whole family living here. Mother, father, teenage daughter, looking forward to the rest of their life, said neighbor Tom Tucker. Tucker lived next door to the Keller home, quote, and now they're all gone. Wiped off the face of the earth, he said. Kayleen's best friends must reconcile that they will never, probably uh, never know why it all happened. Quote, we wanted him to be alive so that he could answer for what he did, said one friend. And another friend, Mia Graves, said, quote, The man stole our comfort, our security, and our ability to trust. He stole a piece of us that could never be replaced. And so, yeah, he's, he was a guy that, like, he very easily could have disappeared and no one, like, aside from his wife and his daughter, I'm sure they would have obviously been upset by it. But no one else would have given a fuck. Like, no. go off and do your own thing. It's not like he had, like, this, you know, massive group of friends or anything. He was already a loner. Like, it wouldn't have changed that much for anybody for him to just go off and do this. Right. But like we said, man, he was just worried about how it would reflect on him leaving a family to support themselves. Mm -hmm. You know, he was worried about that. Mm, selfish asshole, man. Yet another one that we've covered. Yep. But part definitely of the job. look up the videos and the, and the footage of this bunker because it is pretty incredible what the guy built. Yes. It, it reminds me actually a lot of uh, Tread, the case we did about the guy in Colorado. Oh, yeah. That Marvin Heemeyer. Yeah, Marvin Hemeyer. Yeah. Does this not remind you a lot of that? Except <clears throat> oh, that Peter didn't so. really have a score to settle with anyone. That was the difference. Hemeyer did it a lot of anger. Yes. A lot out of anger against the town that he felt was holding him back or whatever. Right. But aside from that, they both built something incredible, and they both basically knew that they were going to kill themselves. Right. And both did some selfish acts because a lot of Hemeyer's anger was misdirected. He took out Town Hall, and he took out a right. bunch of like – the, the, the people that were just trying to make their own way, and he went and destroyed all their shit. And but. regardless of what you want to think about Hemeyer, he did fire at people. 
He tried to yeah, shoot people. Yeah, he did people. try. He, I mean, he, he, there was at least attempted murder there. He attempted shot at murder. people yeah. who were innocent. They that's, were just doing their jobs as police officers or whatever. That's one fact that people tend to ignore um, with the Marvin Heemeyer thing. It's like, well, he didn't kill anybody. It's like, that doesn't mean he didn't try. He did. You know? <laughs> yeah, it's like, oof, but he tried. So, so if he was only a better shot, right. he would have killed someone. Right. But you know what, though? If he would have had someone, my guy, he wouldn't have been stinking up in that tank, bro. You know, you know. He I, I, don't, I can only hope for his there. sake that he did have some on my guy in that tank. At least the last few moments of his life would have been, you know, less terrible. A little true crime pine in there, and go down, yeah. and like he's in a forest. Might have masked the smell of decay a little bit when the police finally got in there. It may, it may have, it may have. This is a pretty dark one, man. We've had some dark jokes here. Yeah, sorry, people. <laughs> yeah. Let's let's get into uh, deodorant, huh? Everybody likes deodorant. Yeah, it's nice. Everyone and, likes deodorant, especially light deodorant, like oh my guy. Oh My Guy is an innovative, all-natural deodorant fragrance and beard oil company specializing in paraben and aluminum-free products. Their innovative line of deodorants inhibit the growth of odor-causing bacteria while maintaining effectiveness. At Oh My Gaia, they use only all-natural, paraben, and aluminum-free organic ingredients. Like we alluded to, guys, there's lots of different scents, uh, including our very own scent, True Crime Pine. But if that's not... Uh, that don't tickle your fancy. We got vanilla, cherry almond, sandalwood, lavender, lemongrass, Egyptian musk, coconut, dreamsicle, leather, lumberjack, honeysuckle, fireside. And there's all sorts of new scents being added all the time. Uh, Barbershop is another fairly new scent that we love. Uh, but because you guys are True Crime Guys listeners, you can use the word creeper, that's C-R-E-E-P-E-R, for 15% off your order at ohmygaia.com. That's O-H-M-Y-G-A-I-A dot com or at shop underscore oh my Gaia on Instagram. She's been with us almost since the beginning. Wendy over at Oh My Gaia. Give, show her some love for a small business and, and go order some uh, Oh My Gaia. Your pits will, will love you forever for it. Yes. And you, you won't be pumping aluminum and stuff into your system and, and potentially giving yourself cancer. So That's right. That's right. And supporting supporting the small business, man. That was big. That was that was why we chose to partner with her. We're a small business Absolutely. as well, and she took a chance on us, like very early on. So yes, we appreciate yep. that, Wendy. That's why. Well, as long as we do this podcast, we hope to be we hope to be partnered up with. Oh my god. Yep. So. Yeah, right. and so let's do some shout outs yeah. for people that uh, have gone and taken the time. We really appreciate you guys showing some love, talking about our show online, spreading the you know spreading the word about it, and going and rating review on uh, rating review is on iTunes. Uh, let's see, a week ago what? is what date? Today's the seventh. Mm-hmm. So we recorded on the thirtieth. Let me see here. Got some new ones. So, so yeah, we got some new ones oh, here. Hell yeah. So we got in the United States of America, I'm the fucking lizard king. Yes. Said love. Five stars. I absolutely love this podcast. You two make a great team. Thank you. And right on. Definitely a great reference to uh, the office there. I am the fucking I'm lizard king. I'm the fucking lizard king. <laughs> Robert California, one of the most yeah. hilarious love characters. It. Talk yep. about an extreme narcissist. God damn. Right. Um, I also want to say thank you to Sue Spence. In the United States, said epic, y'all. Five stars. I go through true crime cost, true crime podcast pretty fast, and I've been having a dry spell as of late. I found this podcast through Killer Queens once again. Nice. And I'm so glad I decided to listen. Love everything about the host. Yada yada yada. Thank you for the five star review. Much yeah. appreciated. Oh, we got a new one from Finland. Oh, nice. Said the best in all caps. The best English true crime podcast ever. Whoa. Five stars. Thank you to five iir one. So sir one, I guess. Okay. 
Thank you. In Finland. Shout out to Finland for sure. Yeah, shout out to Finland. Um, then we got Elena Elena from the RTP in the U.S. Uh, said, quote, the best true crime podcast out here. Five stars. These guys are so entertaining, do a great job of sharing the details, and are funny as hell. Thank you. Um, and that person, Elena, is also from North Carolina, so she oh, said shout from North Carolina. Right on. North Kakalaki representing. Yeah. Um, then we got rating to unlock level at uh, in the United States said not too shabby five stars glad the killer queens gave y'all a shout out I'm into it <laughs> yeah we're glad they she get, they gave us a shout out too man seriously like the last thirty reviews we've gotten were <laughs> all true crime or uh, killer queens listeners yeah so. that's awesome um, and then we got Lexi twelve sixty four in the U S said pretty good smiley face four star review hey that, that's that's good I'll take that. And she said, quote, I enjoy this podcast, and in some cases their silly banter between each other is funny. I don't even mind when they uh, talk about things other than the main topic. I'm only giving this four stars because they say insensitive things, and I'm not too surprised by it because they're men. Ha ha. Oh, shit. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. A little. Okay, whatever. Yeah, that's fair enough. A little, little bit of a, a, a man-hater a there, apparently, but that's review, okay. But, we, hey, whatever, you know? That's all right. We we get sexist from time to time. Yeah, it's fine. it's fine. Listen, women get a bad shake. Everybody knows that, right? Yeah. <laughs> I guess. I heard that on The Simpsons. Oh, sorry. I've just watched this feminist episode of The Simpsons, oh. and that's what Bart says. He gets a, oh, okay. He joins he joins these sixth grade girls that are like rebellious, like badass pranksters. But all their pranks are for you know like social justice, right? Like they're trying to make a statement. So yeah. Bart joins them because you know he's Bart. And, yeah. and they're like, you don't even care about women's rights. He's like, no, listen, w- women get an unfair shake. I get it. I'm just a little fuzzy on the deets. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that show. Good old man. Simpsons, always ahead of their time, aren't they? Oh, dude, seriously. Seriously. I'm you watching know, they, it everybody brings right up Everybody brings up all the stuff that they've predicted, and it's like when you do that many episodes for like 30 years, I guess you're going to get some – you're throwing a lot of darts at the wall. Some of them are going to hit a bullseye, well, I dude, guess. Uh, not only that, the, the Simpsons are fair. They are very fair. Yeah. When they make fun of a topic, it's like half of the episode is pro that, and then the other uh, half South, very is South like Park. con that. Very South Park in that way as well. Yeah, yeah, they're very fair. Like, they make fun mm-hmm. of everybody. They make fun of everyone everything. equally. Yes, yes, I agree. I, I no one is safe. No one is safe from The Simpsons. You know, on uh, Disney+, Plus, they have a uh, uh, Simpsons Predicts uh, catalog, so you can just watch all the episodes like in chronological order of things they've predicted. Oh, man, that's awesome. Yeah, every episode has, like, a future prediction in it or whatever. Nice. Pretty cool of them to do that. Hell so. yeah. All right, well, let's take this a moment to uh, talk about where you can find us all over the internet, um, at True Crime Guys on Instagram, at True Crime Guys on Twitter. You can find our Facebook page. Go give that a like and uh, check out all the content on there. And We have a private Facebook group on there as well, run by one of our listeners, Michelle K., if you right. want to go on there um, and you don't want it to be so much public on your Facebook page, maybe you're right. You don't you know, want your you grandma more of a conservative family or something. And yeah, exactly. Yeah. You can go share your Ted Bundy meme on the fa- uh, the private Facebook group, and you will be among among a bunch of like minded individuals on there. Right. And uh, no one will judge you for that. So you can check that out. Um, you can check out our Patreon page, patreoncom guys. Two dollars a month get you access to like over a hundred recordings, a bunch of heavy hitter serial killers that we've done on there. Uh, we do one month, one episode a month is exclusive just to Patreon. If you didn't know that already, That's right. next week, I believe is that episode. So if you don't hear us next week, it's because you have to go sign up for Patreon to hear it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And now they actually offer, you can pay up front for a year instead of having a monthly deduction from your account. Yes, the annual uh, membership. membership. That's new. Yeah. That just started, guys. So, And it's discounted. So for a it year, it's like 21 bucks. 10% discount. Yep. Yeah. So so definitely check that out. There's so much content on there for you. Um, several shows, like one show that Michael did for a long time that's not even around anymore, but you can listen to it from its inception all the way to its conclusion. Yeah. Higher Thoughts is on there. Higher Thoughts, 35 episodes of that, just a yep. complete series. Lots yeah. of fun to be had on our Patreon page. And then let's talk about Michael's, Michael's other show that I actually have a role in as well, but it's mainly Michael's baby. Right, right. Strange and Unexplained. Strange and Unexplained. Still a True Crime Guys production, though. But Strange and Unexplained, um, you can find it anywhere you listen. If you just search True Crime Guys on your podcast app, you'll probably find it. You'll see the the logo's got two velociraptors in the desert. Can't miss it. Um, but on that show, we tackle unsolved cases, uh, missing persons cases, and sometimes just strange phenomenons and the uh, events that surround them. So you guys really need to check that out. We just did a cult last time. Uh, this week actually it just got released. We're recording this on Monday, um, so it just got released today. So you guys are hearing this on Wednesday or after this episode's already out. But it's on a cult family, a Dutch cult family, which is pretty fun. We got to do some cult shit. We got to hear about the Unification Church and the Church of the AR-15. Fun stuff. Um, so that's that. So you can find that. Strange and unexplained anywhere you listen. And it also has a Patreon page, patreon.com slash S and U podcast. Also at S and U podcast on all forms of social media. <sighs> That's right. That's the spiel. Is that it? That's it. Are we done selling shit? I think so. God. Let's wrap this Speaking up. Speaking of selling shit, if you want to find our merch, you can go to <laughs> redbubble.com. <laughs> it's still there. Yeah. Redbubble.com slash true crime guys. Uh, there is still tons of true crime guys stuff there. And I, I try to link all the pages, all of our pages, and anything related to the podcast below the description, guys. So scroll up, check below the description. There's links to Patreon as well as merch and Oh My Gaia and all kinds of good stuff. So that's right. Make it easy. Uh, real quick for the five dollar a month patrons who are waiting for your gold stickers. You're gonna. It's gonna be a little longer because I ordered gold stickers like three weeks ago and they still have not arrived, which is odd Holy because every crap. time I've ordered stickers from the website we get our stickers from, they've been here in a few days. And so with COVID and everything, you know how shipping's been weird lately. You never know when you're gonna get anything. So I, I'm watching the tracker on it. They're supposed to be here on the 10th, I believe, in a few days. So once I get those stickers, I will be able to send those out. So just be patient. Uh, $5 a month patrons. We, we love you. We appreciate you. And yeah. you'll get your gold stickers soon enough. That's right. As soon as I can get them out to you. So That's right. You will you will have the prestigious gold sticker in your hands before you know it. That is right. It's a good problem to have that we ran out of gold stickers. There's that many of y'all out there. So. No doubt. Thank y'all very much. I'm looking at the bright side. That's right. All right, guys. Keep creeping. We'll see you next week on Patreon if you're a patron member. If not, we'll see you the following week for another Freeloader episode. Keep creeping. Keep creeping, guys. True crime, guys. In the desert, we like a mirage. It's okay if you clicked on us because you thought we was True Crime Garage. Now we ain't mad at you. Sit down, let us talk at you. I'm talking to the Creeper Army. We out here making murder. Get murder. Get murder. Now we ain't mad at you. Sit down, let us talk, get you. I'm talking to the creeper army. We out here making murder charming.